Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I'm your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Gons. Gons, how have you been? Good, man. It's Friday. You know, I'm coming off a week of being pretty ill with a virus that's going around. I'm happy to finally be healthy, you know. Um, and it's a hey, it's a happy NBA tournament playing day today, right? All the games count. So interesting to see what's going to happen today so we could watch our favorite teams when we're there next week next month in vegas exactly right you talk about that flu that's going around i think i'm starting to get a little bit of it too um it's kind of going around so everyone stay healthy out there wash your hands um mask up if you need if need be take some nyquil take some dayquil yeah like you said the nba playing tournament or nba in-season tournament is well underway it's second day of games uh here on on friday you're gonna see the unique courts Outside of Dallas, which I saw a report this morning, there was an issue. So if you're going to be watching the Dallas game, they won't be having the unique court. But all the other courts, like the Suns tonight, will have the the El Valle court for that. And we'll see who is who we're potentially going to see um, in Las Vegas next month. Um, just want to touch on a few teams um, going into the first after the first couple of weeks of the season. Some surprising teams in the in first place in the Eastern Conference. You have the Philadelphia 76ers at six and one. Um, Philadelphia after they traded James Harden, they just look a little bit more a little bit more not composed, but say they look a little more comfortable with Maxi now slotted in. They have a good complement of role players now with. Um, with Robert Covington and C.J. Martin and uh, coming in there to help the team out as opposed to, you know, a James Harden, which we'll get to in a little bit. So touch on the 76ers a little bit, Johns. Give them a little bit of praise. Yeah, I mean, they got rid of the cancer in the locker room. I, 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 that's that that's what needed to happen, and they made it happen. They I didn't get much for Harden, for being real. You know, the Clippers didn't have to give up, man. And right now it looks like the Sixers are winning that trade. Because the fact that they got anything for a guy that's gone to the Clippers and there's been two losses seems like they came up on the upside. I still have faith that um, Harden's going to work out. So we can talk about that a little later, I think, right? Yeah, with, with the Sixers, right? They, they got those, you know, those, those cheaper, or not the cheaper, but the um, role players. But. <clears throat> The main issue was getting those draft picks, the two draft picks, and then the one pick swap from the Clippers. Um, so with that, and the you know, Tobias Harris is still making his. He's on. He's an expiring contract going into the next season. Um, if you're the Sixers, you try to ride this out, ride these good vibes out, see if you can make a top three team in the West and potentially make it to the finals. Or do you maybe look to trade those two first round picks or with Tobias Harris for another, maybe a third star? What would would you do, Gons? I I mean, what's the record? Aren't they doing pretty well? Yeah, they're six and one. I'm I'm just saying. I don't don't make any changes at this point. Tobias Harris is don't sleep on him. He's a solid Number three, he's probably one of the, I'd say he's the best number three in the NBA in terms of being consistent and getting points and helping out with boards. He knows what his role is and he's good at it and it fits with the Sixers. And you have Maxi balling out like we knew he would and it's working out with Embiid. Like you're, I think if you're the Sixers, you're good. You are good. Coming out of the East, I'd say you got a shot. It's going to be hard to overcome Boston, you know, but with that, I mean, the what, one team? Maybe Milwaukee, two teams. That's it. That would I'd say they're they're number three. They're right there. So 
I would leave the roster alone. And then shout out to Boston, unfortunately, FTC. Uh, they're five and two after losing to a team we'll talk about in a little bit, the Timberwolves and Philadelphia. That, that Boston lost to another team I want to shout out from the East is the Indiana Pacers. They're six and three um, after losing that heartbreaker in Charlotte, where Lamella Ball stole that stole from Tyrese Halliburton. They whipped the Wembenyama's uh, San Antonio Spurs, Utah, and just upset uh, the Milwaukee Bucks last night by two. Yes, they didn't have uh, Dame Lillard, but they still beat the Bucks um, by two. Um, the Indiana Pacers are coming, um, as well as the Atlanta Hawks are also five and three. So shout out to shout out to those teams for doing well. Milwaukee's still trying to figure it out. Of course, um, their defense just does not look very good right now. I think it's just team chemistry. There was that there was that funny play allowed Shaq in the full play with Malik Beasley just getting drove driven by by Tyrese Halliburton. If you haven't checked that out, go ahead and look that up. It was pretty funny. Um, auto quarter level stuff right there. Um, going over to the East, Denver has only lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves who are sitting at five and two um, after losing to Atlanta and losing to um, Toronto to start the season. They've won four straight. Uh, they beat Denver one ten eighty nine, and they beat Boston one fourteen one Oh nine. The Timberwolves who we all made fun of last season for getting Rudy Gobert and kind of not doing very well. They're gelling the season. They signed Jaden McDaniels on the off season. Talk about the Timberwolves guns. They're five and three. Do you think they can keep this up and be a top four team in the West? Yeah, just because I still don't believe even with the NBA tournament that a lot of teams care so much about being top four. They just want to make the playoffs, right? Um, but, hey, Anthony Edwards is doing what he's supposed to be. He's a superstar. He he was playing like an all-star, and now he's stepping up, you know, with 27.9 point, 27.9 average points per game. Rudy Gobert is doing Rudy Gobert. 13, point, 13 rebounds a game, right? Um, I, I just think they're a good team. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has kind of taken a number two role to Anthony Edwards, which is okay. That's fine. He's still putting up 18 points a game, and he's still giving you about eight rebounds, right? So I just think they have a good – I think the, even their point guard. I love Mike Conley. Like, he's solid. He's not going to turn over the ball, and that's the one thing you could hope for. And then with Kyle Anderson coming in the mix, giving you some scoring off the bench, this is a good team, Matt. They are a very good team. Uh, do I think that I expect them to be winning games by freaking 20? Like, like Jesus. I mean, after yeah, the Hawks Anthony lost, Edwards, yeah, they, they, they really took that, that uh, next step. Anthony Edwards, or he's starting to take that next step into superstardom. Um, but then you talk about Carl Anthony Towns. Um, yes, he is. He, he's, he was, he was the number one pick a few, you know, several seasons ago that D'Angelo Russell, um, draft, but right now he's relegated to being the number two. Um, do you think the Timberwolves should try to keep him or try to move him? Because you kind of have your interior with Rudy Gobert as much as Rudy, Rudy Gobert might kind of screw you up in the playoffs. Um, he, he's still there anchoring that center. Do you potentially look to move Carl Anthony Towns or should he be the good number two to, to Anthony Edwards number one? I, I think they have a solid mix right now. Again, they're winning, so why mess with a good thing? Uh, but I like their roster overall because Cat can shoot the three. We've seen it. You know, I think he's a true power forward, small forward, maybe more of a power forward, small forward. And I and with that, you know, with that being said, I think they have their identity at center. So, and then you have Edwards who could just score, and you have a solid point guard in, Con- 
I, it's a good team. Leave it alone. I mean, you could reevaluate this in February during the trade deadline, but right now I, it's working. Um, one more team I wanted to highlight. One more team I wanted to highlight uh, before we move on to a couple teams you wanted to talk about are the Houston Rockets. They are four and three, winning three, winning four straight. Honestly, after starting the season, oh, you know, zero, oh, and three, they beat Charlotte, Sacramento twice, and they whooped the Lakers the other day. Um, Houston, Jabari Smith Jr., uh, Fred Van Vliet, um, Dylan Brooks, Shangoon's killing it. Um, talk a little bit about the Houston Rockets and what they're doing these first these first few games, uh, these last four games, and are they legit? I I think we've seen some great picks made over the last three years. That included Jalen Green, you know, and some of their other young guys, right? Um, Cam Whitmore will make his way there. I think he's in the G League right now. Javari Smith. It, it's just the. I think they've had all rookie pl- all rookie players the last couple of years, and they're all coming to they're all coming to where they need to be. Like they're so good, it's just working out for them. I didn't think Houston would be this good this early, but credit to their general manager and their front office for making the draft picks that they did, right? So I'm not surprised that they're winning, but they are a team that you have to be ready to play. As we saw with the Lakers getting blown out, like they thought it was going to be a walk in the park and it was no walk in the park. That's for damn sure. So they're going to win, Matt. They may be a playoff surprise team. Like, they're gelling well. They're young. Who knows what their possibility is? But I think they still have a lot of draft picks coming up. So, you know, what I could see happening is I don't see Oladipo fitting on this team. That's something I could see being a traded here. Um, I don't know what Oladipo is. I know we talked about Brogdon going to the Lakers. How it is... Oladipo, like a legit point guard, he's more of a two guard, right? Yeah, he was. He's been more of a shooting guard his entire career. But can he shoot? Like, can he shoot? You're looking for it. Maybe the Lakers pick him up, huh? I'm looking for anything for the Lakers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, okay, let's get there then. The Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Lakers got, like we said, blown out by the Houston Rockets. And also, shout out to Ime Odoka on the Rockets for kind of bringing more of a, a culture there of a serious culture there um, to those rookies, Jeff Green, good job for, by the Rockets, but the Lakers got blown out. Uh, they didn't have Jared Vanderbilt. They didn't have uh, Gabe Vincent. They didn't have Anthony Davis. They didn't have Jackson Hayes. That's four rotation players going to Houston. They look super small and uh, Houston looks super athletic. Jalen Green, um, from what reports were, came after that Houston Rockets-Lakers game, that Ime Udoka told Jalen Green, it kind of motivated him because Austin Reeves um, was taken, was chosen on Team USA over Jalen Green over the summer. So he, he gave that to Jalen Green to use as motivation, which he did. He lit up the Lakers for, I believe, 18 points in that first half. So the Lakers right now sitting at 3-5. and five. They had, They've lost three straight now. Uh, Anthony Davis... In that loss, in that close loss to the Heat, um, had a groin sprain or groin, groin hip, strain. Hip. 
or groin spasm. Isn't it? A, uh, on he had his a hip. hip contusion or something, yeah. right? Yeah, something like that, where he did he did sit up. So we don't know as we record here Friday morning. We're not sure if he's going to be playing tonight uh, against the Suns. So with the Lakers kind of suffering, kind of going through all that stuff, what is or is it just injuries that are causing this Lakers team to lose three straight and to look like a bad team? Gone's or is it something further than that? I'm concerned. I'm very concerned. I don't want to go the same path as last year, Matt. I don't want to have to start out poorly and then say, oh, you know, and this is what everyone's saying. Oh, Palinka did it last year. He was able to make some trades and look where we finished. Sure, that's fine. Yeah, that is fine. But why go down that path? Why not just win? Why why have to put all this extra pressure on ourselves as Laker fans? We do it all the time. No, this team is not okay. It can't shoot. The same as the last couple seasons. We don't have a shooter. We need a shooter. We need a point guard. We don't have those. We have Anthony Davis. Every year it's going to be different. Anthony Davis isn't going to get hurt this year. The reason he came out and said, oh, I'm going to play next game. Everyone knew that he wasn't going to play next game, Matt. I knew he wasn't going to play next game. I, for some reason, thought he might because he kept saying it. But he's not. It's just what it is with Anthony Davis. He gets hurt easily. I give him props for saying, hey, I'm going to play because he wants he doesn't like that reputation that he has. But he we know what kind of player he is. So I, there needs to be a change, man. Like this, this roster ain't going to cut it. I'm not overreacting. Yeah. OK, let's watch 10 more games. But it's it's not for me watching the games. They're just missing certain pieces. It's not there. It's even even though you don't have a Jared Vanderbilt in the backup point guard and, and Gabe Vincent, like for me, like my personal opinion, it's the, it's the injuries because the D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves aren't athletic guards. I mean, we talked about I talked about or other people talked about that on on Lakers group chats elsewhere. Um, they're not athletic guards, so they're missing their wing their their wing pieces. Jared, Jared Vanderbilt's just a big piece for them defensively, effort wise, rebounding wise, and they're just missing him. So do you do you attribute this to to injuries or is just the Lakers even if they had those pieces just wouldn't have it this season? They don't have it. I don't care. I, Vanderbilt's uh, physical. Great. He's not going to put points on the board. Gabe Vincent, I don't know. Yeah, he had a run in Miami where he did some magical stuff to help him out last year. But when else has he done that throughout his career? We we're just hoping that, hey, that's going to come to the Lakers when it comes. I don't know. I Could you change the coach? Could that have an impact? Maybe. Be- I say that, Matt, because we just talked about the Houston Rockets who are winning. And with who? Rookies? We're better than them, but we're losing. So a certain a certain amount of it has to fall on him. Uh, and, and, a, and a certain amount of it has to fall on the Lakers players having accountability and saying, look, like we have to do better. It's not just, oh, this was just a game. It's early in the season. So I'm concerned, but I think there's a combination of things that need to happen here. Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell both shot over 40% from three um, in that late playoff surge in the regular season for the Lakers. That continued into the playoffs against the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Unfortunately, D'Lo's shooting did fall off against the against the Nuggets. So they're shooting currently like 30, 25, 30%. So if they get that, if they 
I believe if the Lakers do get that production again from D'Angelo Russell and from Austin Reeves, then they can rebound from this. But you're saying that they can't. I mean, that's a. I I'd like to have a little bit more faith since it is. I, I hate to say it's a little bit too early for, for any overreactions. But again, it's they're 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 three and five, and people were were as Laker fans, you know, Laker exceptionalism does kind of creep in there. We're expecting like a nine one ten zero start. But unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Like they're, they're, the problems with the Lakers too is that they get down ten every game with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the floor. They're losing every first quarter by by the most margin the season. So is there something wrong with Anthony Davis and LeBron James that they're losing these fourth quarters, or what's going on there? Matt, their percentages are down for a reason. Their three their three point shots aren't number one. They're not in the same spots where they've been. Like you know that 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 I think it's where at the baseline three. There's statistical spots where you make the three. A second, they're not open threes. They're not threes. D'Angelo thrives when he's wide open. He'll hit that three, but they've been a little bit contested. And same same with Reeves. He's been taking. You know, it's almost been a fast break. Where it's been a three on two, and they'll kick it to Reeves, and they'll take the shot. I just don't think they're getting the looks. And why aren't they getting the looks, Matt? They don't have the ball movement, which brings me back to they don't have anyone to handle the ball. D'Angelo is too slow at handling the ball. He's a great backup point guard. But if the games, if you're going to shoot threes and be successful, you have to play fast. If you're going to play fast, you need a point guard that's going to move the ball fast. So change your identity. Stop shooting threes like you've done so much and figure out a game plan that works for your team. Or if you're going to go this three-point this three point route, which they shouldn't go. They're not built for threes, Matt. But they just shoot so many threes. But if you're going to shoot threes, then change it up. They got to pick which way they're going. This team is not a three-point shooting team. It's like there are adjustments that Ham does need to make. I think you're correct there. Um, they're, they're, as a three-point shooting team, D'Angelo Russell does play at his own pace, right? Well, it seems like when LeBron plays, he's a little bit faster. Like, he's more deliberate, but it's also the same as D'Lo. Usually with LeBron, you have shooters and guys that could run. But D'Lo, he, if he's going to run the show, he's going to run the, 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 the show at his own pace. So I think, personally, I think they should bring D'Angelo Russell maybe off the bench. And when Gabe Vincent, you know, does get he does he does get back because he can be a good point of attack defender, a decent point of attack defender for the Lakers. Like what we had with Schroeder. You know when Shooter was starting with 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 um, Austin Reeves in the in the playoffs, he was able to provide that defensive uh, that defensive punch, but also let LeBron kind of run the show, not like have a D'Lo and LeBron show, which is not necessarily going to work. Um, you touch on Ham's coaching too. Like, why was the play designed and in, in, the, in the on the Miami Heat game for a open three for uh, by Cam Reddish, who's shooting one for twelve this season? Like why couldn't that have been for Torian Prince? Why couldn't that have been for Austin Reeves? Why, why did LeBron? Why did they set up so LeBron drives? He he's kicking it out to Cam Reddish. Why is he? Why is Cam Reddish even in the game? So I know I kind of harp on your like, oh, you should fire Ham, but Ham does need to make adjustments. He can't just be sitting on the sidelines with his hands in his pockets like people have been saying on Twitter. So um, I d- just don't think that I'm not you know trying to defend ham all the time because he does need to make adjustments. I think you're right. So, cause if he doesn't make these adjustments, I think halfway through the season, they're looking at a, you know, under 10, you know, winning percentage 
or under 10 games under 500, they might need to make a change there. Um, you're looking at like a Stan Van Gundy and Mark Jackson situation. There could be other options out there, but you know, name name guys are name guys. I mean, they they've kind of proven it that they have been winners before. So um, let's go back. So yeah, let's, let's go back to that play in Miami. Let's talk about that play. It was out of a timeout. I don't think that play was designed for him to shoot the wide open three. I think that play was LeBron. We're going to give you the ball, and we want you to drive it in and go try to make a basket, which he did. He got double teamed. Amazingly, I'll give him this. He was able to make that pass, which was pretty much like a kind of like a go into the basket hook pass to get it to him. But why you don't have a play you could run out of a timeout that's better than LeBron take it to the basket and you're probably going to get double teamed? Oh, and let's let's let him make a decision. You don't have something you could run like that's insane. What do you think about that play? Like that's what I thought. That's what it looked Traditionally, like. Traditionally that that play is money. I mean, if LeBron James to the basket for the past 20 years has been just an amazing that's not play, a play because out of a timeout he, though, man. Like, but then he he they were able to get an open shot. If anything, LeBron, I hate to be oh, LeBron should have done this. He had uh, he had a wood underneath the basket for a dunk like in that play. Like once Adebayo came over to contest the hard contest his his runner because he did that against the Grizzlies in the playoffs. So it's not like he's not clutch. He's not going to make the, the, those runners. He did it in overtime against the Grizzlies. Once he comes over, quick dump pass over to Wood for the dunk. They're they're only down by one. They weren't down by two. Right. Here's my here's my point. Everyone else was standing behind the three point line. This is what that tells me. One, everyone wants to shoot the three where they don't have to. They just shoot threes. Second, if you're a coach and you're writing up a play, there should be option one. Okay, LeBron, you take it to the basket. Option two, you set a screen for this person and you roll towards the basket. It'd be much, much more likely because they were only down by one to have people cutting on other sides of the basket for him to dish it out and then make a layup or get fouled. Versus to try to maneuver that pass to make a three. Like, it made no sense. I know Raul will be like, oh, he's an okay shooter. Everyone's shooting threes. But honestly, that play was, it was a nightmare. You could have done so many things coming out of a timeout. Yeah, the, the whole when you're down one shoot a three, that she should get a better play out of that. That I completely agree with. You should have had maybe Rui Hot or not Rui Hachimer, but someone diving to the basket while LeBron James, you know, like a staggered dive, like he said, just to get a two pointer, like a, a, an open a mid range a mid range jumper as opposed to a contested layup. Because with the spacing provided, you could pretend you can get an easier mid range jumper nowadays. So I completely agree with with you there. They could have gotten a a better mid-range jumper as opposed to a corner three from a guy who can't shoot. Or LeBron James, who has to make a contested two-pointer over Bam Adebayo, one of the best defenders in the NBA. So, you know, play-wise, other people would say, oh, gravity-wise, you know, you're spacing the floor out for LeBron to create more room. But you need a two-pointer, not a three. You could design a better play to get a better open mid-range jumper that, as opposed to a, a a three-pointer from a guy who can't shoot a three-pointer. So I agree with you there. There needs to be some sort of play, you know, a little rotation adjustments and play adjustments for the Lakers there. I hope you know they're able to solve that now. If they get Anthony Davis tonight, they get they get Kevin Durant with Bradley Beal. Um, Booker's already going to be out tonight, so maybe the Lakers will win tonight against Phoenix. We'll be watching that game. Um, Anything else on the Lakers you want to touch on before we move on? No, no. I just, I hope they make some changes sooner than later. Like, 
I, I either hope harm. I think Ham can make enough adjustments to make this team at least above 500. But again, I've just seen horrible coaching and rotation issues time after time. So no, I, I mean, there's nothing else to say. Let's move on to the other team in Los Angeles who acquired James Harden from the Philadelphia 76ers, the Los Angeles Clippers, Vahid's Los Angeles Clippers, even though I think Vahid doesn't want to cater for James Harden, even though we try to keep telling him, oh, James Harden, this, James Harden, that. He's not taking the bait. He knows that James Harden right now is not looking great. Um, James Harden and the Clippers lose in... Um, in in his uh, debut in the Garden in New York, they lose to the Knicks on Monday. Followed up by t- a, a, day, a couple days later on or on Wednesday, losing to the um, losing to the Brooklyn Nets. And now the Clippers will be taking on the Dallas Mavericks um, tonight um, in the in in season tournament. Gons, what are your what are your thoughts on James Harden? You know, the first couple games with the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm a little disappointed. Uh, with only, okay, like, if you're going to go on the Clippers, do you accept your role as a passer, right? He's only had 4.5 assists per game. Again, this is not working out because Russell Westbrook and James Harden can't both be in the starting lineup. You got to pick one. Harden needs the ball in his hand. If you're full on go with this experiment, then you need to have Harden run the point guard and have Westbrook come off the bench. I'm sorry. That's just what needs to happen. Then we can see if this is going to work or not, right? Like they're not giving it a chance. Russell Westbrook and Harden can't play together. They both need the ball. Cause you also have Paul George who needs the ball to an extent, right? He's a wing, but he does need the ball. Now you have Kawhi who what I, I love about Kawhi. He doesn't really need the ball, but <clears throat> I think in order for this to work, Matt, you really got to just uh, separate the two and let Harden go. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to give the keys to James Harden, which is weird, right? Because they they were playing somewhat okay outside of that Laker game that they probably could have won. They should have won. They're up in 17. Um, yeah, you have giving the keys to James Harden, though. Man, that's tough. Um, I, I, yes, he is. He won the assist title last season, and yes, he's still a knockdown shooter. But man, like he, 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 I, I guess my, my also my other question is down the stretch, right? I know you said let kind of stagger their minutes, but if they need if they need a bucket in the last six minutes, you're going to be playing both of them together. Do you think they should be looking at? You know, bringing in Terrence, like if you're not not to start and not in the middle of the game, but like you need to win last six minutes of the game. Are you are you really putting Russell Westbrook on the bench? I'm not, but Westbrook needs to know that he's not the point guard. He's in for defense. He's in for, you know, uh, doing what he needs to do. And I mean, he's not the best defender anymore, but his effort and his loose balls and all that does add up. So I do play him. But I do not trust his decision-making. How many times last year did he blow the game because he made a turnover at the very end of the game when they had a shot? Like, this is what you brought Harden for. So if you're going to play Westbrook at the end, he needs to know that he's just kind of a role player there to help out for effort. Or you don't play him, Matt. Um, But you need to do something different. And you got Harden to do something different. Now you got to give Harden a chance to show you what he can do. And... By playing him, you know, 33 minutes is fine, but I just don't think him and Westbrook need to be in at the same time. 
Uh, and, and they need to see how that goes. Yeah, it's kind of like the I agree with you. They need to stack their minutes because James Harden's getting paid the $30 million as opposed to Russell Westbrook being paid the $4 million this year. It's not like they're making, they're both making 40 where you kind of have to, what happened with the Lakers last season, or are going to have to play him 35, 40 minutes because he's making, he's making that much money. I'm not saying money equates to, to minutes, but usually the higher paid players are the ones you should be playing more. Um, but with Westbrook playing for that, you know, a two million, two to four million dollar contract, it's you kind of have to let James Harden now that you brought him in. He has to run the show. And it's funny because you're running the show with 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 Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Paul George, uh, since they required James Harden in the last two games, has shot nine of uh, thirty one, and he shot eleven of sixteen against the Lakers. So you know, bringing in James Harden, will he know how to set up Paul George? I, you know. Um, James Harden too also has to learn how to do catch and shoot threes because he's usually just he usually does pull up threes where he'll kind of dribble 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 take the guy off the dribble or take the guy off the dribble step back shoot a three as opposed to receiving the re- receiving the pass shooting the three and you know making or missing it but he has to learn how to do more catch and shoot threes for sure with this team that you know that he he's this is probably the best talent you know between three or at least two other players that he's been with. Uh, outside, even last season, because their th- the, their third guy was Tobias Harris, so it's kind of stammering a little bit with with the Clippers. Do you think the Clippers figure this out, or do you think this is you know this is more of a harbinger of things to come for the Clippers? No, they have to figure this out. This it's do or die. It's this is it. This is, they they yeah they added some new newness to the mix, but look, play Harden, have Westbrook come off the bench. Two things. This will do. This will. This is going to ele- elevate Westbrook's stats. He's going to come in playing against scrubs where he could drive on and score, right? Because he can't do that against elite starters anymore. He's going to have better stats. Come trade deadline time, if you need to move him, you can move him as a sixth man piece and get something decent. Or you got a good sixth man coming off the bench that could get you points. So it's a win-win by having him come off the bench and giving him more closer to like twenty minutes. When Harden's not playing, right, and have Harden have Harden around thirty minutes, so I think it would benefit him for his career if he came off the bench versus starting with these guys. Yeah, it's like I, that. That's the sort of uh, role I wanted him with the Lakers off the bench. You know, kind of stagger him and LeBron's minutes. Where once LeBron takes a break, then Westbrook comes in, causes havoc, and then leaves, and LeBron comes back in. Um, I I think. It's just egos too. Like, will Westbrook? Does Westbrook have the mentality to do that? To only be playing 15, 20 minutes because James Harden has to be running the show? Like, do you think he can? Do you think his ego can become in check, or is that? Do you think he might be potentially on the trade block, or might leave this team because he doesn't have the ball in his hand and has no real control anymore? He needs to accept the bench role and try to be an off the bench scorer, which is what he can do at this point in his career. If he doesn't, then he doesn't have room. I mean, he can't shoot, so he's not. He can't. He's not going to adjust well to the NBA when he ages. He's losing his athletic ability. He's not as fast, and he can't shoot. That limits his career. How far can effort go to get you minutes? Only a certain amount. So for him, if he comes off the bench, gives you a twelve to fourteen points a game. Um, and he's averaging 15 right now. But if he came in, I mean, he can still get you the 15 and do it off the bench. 
he is going to need to do that because I don't see him. Yeah, you're right. We have to see what we have in Harden and the two wings and Zubats at center um, for them to see if they have any sort of shot to, to make it anywhere in the playoffs, you know, or get a high seed this season. So uh, good luck to Vahid and good luck to the Clippers. I know Vahid's not the biggest Harden fan, like I said earlier. Um, but yeah, we'll see what they do. Um, any other teams, any other players you want to hit on before we leave the Dagons? No, man, I'm good. And that'll be it for us today. My apologies if, if I sound a little bit weird. I am a little bit under the weather. Like I said earlier in the pod, this this flu is going around. So we're all kind of trying to recover from, from it. Take some night. We'll take some day. We'll try to beat this one out. Uh, the holiday season's coming up. Try to, you know, going to want to try to stay healthy out there. So we'll try to have a hoop bar video pod next early next week in another um, Basketball is Religion pod on Friday. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for the support. We'll have have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.